the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. And I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are the Good Shepherd. You come to us. You bring us into your fold. You say there is more to come, more people, more places. We thank you for that gift of faith. Amen. Good Shepherd. play a little bit with the word good. Often at the end of a service, I would hear, good sermon, pastor. And I wonder, what do they mean, good sermon? What did they hear? What did you hear? What was good about it? Or is it something that you just say as you're walking by and... and You want to be nice to the pastor. So a good sermon. Sometimes I give a good sermon, and I'm really proud of what's happened. And nobody says anything. And sometimes I just give... A sermon. And people say, Good sermon, Pastor. Were you watching me all week and you talked right to me? And I wonder, why not this one and that one? What's going on with sermons? Well, maybe the goal shouldn't be a good sermon, but maybe a faithful sermon. And a faithful sermon has some parts. It has a biblical text. It talks about the human condition. There's God's response. And then there's a life of faith in God's world. I like that for a good, faithful sermon. But the problem with 
giving a good sermon is sometimes that it's a... Come on. Ah, thank you. I, I knew you could say it. But is that really true? Is the opposite of good always bad? It's that dichotomy, isn't it? And dichotomies often aren't terribly helpful. I'm going to give you some dichotomies. Democrat, Republican. Pro-Israel, pro-Palestine. Gay, straight. Black, white. Dichotomies, that contrast, is always easy. Good, bad. There's less dialogue. There's less listening. There's less thinking. Good and bad. And you don't have to think. So, when we say Jesus is the good shepherd... Our first response is a dichotomy. And that dichotomy is, he's not a bad shepherd. And so, without thinking much about it, we want to be in, in not in one of three positions. We don't want to be identified as a bad shepherd. We don't want to be pitted against Jesus, and we certainly don't want to be labeled as bad. So, Jesus is the good shepherd. But, is he good just because he's not bad? What makes Jesus the good shepherd? There's a story just before this text about the man born blind. And so some illustrations from that. Jesus is the good shepherd because he brings abundant life to that man born blind. He gives that man a new existence and a new life. He makes that man a new creation. He makes that man a child of God. Jesus is the good shepherd because he finds the man born blind after he is thrown out of the synagogue. And that Jesus is the good shepherd because he will also find his disciples when they are thrown out of the temple. Jesus is the good shepherd because he knows the sheep and he calls them by name. Lazarus, come forth. Mary says to the gardener, where have you laid him? And Jesus answers, Mary, the good shepherd, is good because he knows the sheep. 
He is the good shepherd because he goes to the cross, laying down his life in the garden before the cross, leaving his sheep, the disciples, protected and safe. Jesus is the good shepherd because after the cross, he is the resurrection and he is the ascension. He is our life now and to come. He is the good shepherd. But the text doesn't end with just being good. Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. You ever pay attention to that verse on the Good Shepherd Sunday? Every fourth Easter is Good Shepherd Sunday. It's the same text It's the same message. What does it mean? One flock, one shepherd. I think it has the point that Jesus isn't done yet. Jesus healed. Jesus preached. Jesus did many things that we might believe, and he made a plan. He died on the cross. He laid down his life and he took it up and there was resurrection. And yet, he is not done yet. More sheep to reach. Sheep that are not in this fold. That's us, folks. Jesus was a Jew. And We are the Gentiles brought into the fold of Jesus. So Jesus isn't done yet. First of all, God continues to call people from all walks of life, from every nation on the face of the earth, from each and every generation for 2,000 years, And that's interesting. We think faith is so strong, and yet faith is in each generation. We're given the gospel. We're given a life. We're given grace, and it is ours to proclaim to the next generation. Jesus isn't done yet. The second thing he does is God is at work in our midst and through us and through our congregations to give the invitation of abundant life to all. Do you ever imagine what your life of faith has done? Do you ever imagine that your invitation to your neighbor has changed their life? 
Have you ever imagined that that neighbor that you've been praying for for years and years and years has a gift of faith in their life, your faith? Can you imagine how broad that gift is by your faith? Jesus isn't done yet. The third thing is that all members of the congregation is the flock, one flock one way of faith, believing in Christ, the Good Shepherd. Jesus doesn't name limits of being in the fold. That is really an invitation. And Jesus isn't done yet. Through his Holy Spirit, he is calling, he is still searching, He is gathering the flock. That third point is probably the most important. I've had people talk to me, sharing their concern that there are family, their family, and there are friends, their friends, who no longer go to church, who no longer identify themselves as Christian who have a life that is rather complicated with many other types of faith. And that's why I like that third promise. God is not done yet. Jesus is not done yet. The Holy Spirit is calling, gathering, and enlightening all people to be into that one flock. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Jesus is the one who lays down his life for the sheep, all sheep. Jesus is the one that brings a promise and a sacrifice. All sheep receive the grace and mercy of the Good Shepherd. So what about sheep? What are they like? I was hoping Yogi was going to be at the other service this morning. Because he always... Yeah, he always doesn't like what I do with Good Shepherd Sunday. So what are sheep, and why does Jesus call us sheep? Do we like being called dumb and dirty? And yet, we want our forgiveness of sins, and we do really silly things sometimes. And maybe the sheep should be insulted by us. I've never heard of a sheep killing its neighbor. I've never heard of a sheep gossiping a lot. I never heard of a sheep abusing its body with drugs or stealing. Okay, maybe 
crawling through the fence and eating the neighbor's grass might be stealing. But sheep are pretty upright creatures. I don't think we would give our life for the life of a sheep because sheep are pretty intellectually challenged. Someone once said, God created sheep in order to make chickens look smart. Having been at John and Margie's house and taking care of their chickens, I understand that statement. Max Lacido says about sheep, Sheep are dumb. Have you ever met a sheep trainer? Have you ever seen sheep tricks? I didn't say cheap tricks. That was sheep tricks. Have you ever seen anyone teach a sheep to roll over? Max says they're too dumb. And we, we are God's sheep. God somehow finds a way to turn dumb sheep into sons and daughters of God. The good shepherd lays down his life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I don't like being classified a sheep, dumb, stupid, smelly sheep. But I know that I am a sinner, and I know that I'm unworthy of having the Lord of life sacrifice on a cross, nails in hand and feet for me. So what do we do? What does the Good Shepherd want us to walk away from in this text? I think God wants us to understand the flock. So we look around. We look at our church. And we have to ask the question, who isn't here? Many churches are ethnically segregated. Many churches are economically segregated. Many churches are theologically segregated. What are we putting up as a wall that separates us from the flock? How do we proclaim Jesus and include others into our family called the church. Jesus has other sheep he wants to bring in. Are we listening to that voice? Remember, we are not the good shepherd. We are the sheep. We need all the grace and love that God can give us. So the followers of Jesus talked about ways of telling us who Jesus is. I am the good shepherd is today's message. 
There's a few others in John. I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. But the main point for today, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Amen.